Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Sports Headlines. I'm Warner Sanger, again, coming to you with SH News 30. Um, some big news for the NFL. Yannick Ngakwe has been traded uh, to the Baltimore Ravens, of course, for a 2021 third-round pick and a conditional 2022 fifth-round pick. Um, yes, the Ravens just keep getting better and better and better and especially their pass rush. Um, Matthew Judon now has Yannick Ngakwe and Calais Campbell, two new acquisitions that the Ravens traded for um, in the offseason and this year. And they, they're just looking more and more dangerous to other teams, especially the Chiefs, who we all know um, you have to get a, a good four-man, three-man, four-man pass rush in order to disrupt Mahomes uh, while also playing um, seven guys in coverage, which makes it so, so hard to beat the Chiefs. Um, once again, this episode was sponsored by Podco or Podgo.co. Um, it is the easiest way to monetize your podcast. It provides podcasters with a flat rate for ad space, so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podco. Apply today and become a member and be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. And when you apply, be sure to add sports headlines as how you heard about Podco, um, P-O-D-G-O dot co, um, in order to get that advertisement. Uh, also big shout out to Crossover Media at Crossover 365 on both Instagram and Twitter for sponsor or for um, powering this episode. But yeah, let's get into the ramifications of the unique and Godway trade, the Vikings might just be done this year. They might just be blown it up. They lost to the Falcons. Yes, the Falcons. And um, I think Mike Zimmer's basically saying, you know what? I may not have a job this year, but we're blowing it up. Uh, we traded for Ngakwe. Obviously not going to work out. We don't want to pay him. We don't want Kirk Cousins back. We want to find our franchise quarterback. We want to draft a guy like, Justin Fields, providing they don't get the first pick, Justin Fields or um, the many other quarterback prospects, all of whom are extremely, extremely raw besides Lawrence, including Justin Fields. Um, and and they just want to rebuild with Justin Jefferson leading that receiving core and um, going from there. The Ravens getting dangerous, getting, getting – if you thought they were the best team in the NFL before – or the second best team in the NFL before the chiefs better be looking and, and watching their back because right now I've got the Ravens as the number five team on my power rankings. And they might, they, they will, if, if this Yannick and Gakwe trade really, really boosts them and um, they get, they get to go in to a maybe four sack per game, stopping the run, teams having to pass the ball, and then creating turnovers with Marlon Humphrey and, and uh, Marcus Peters, that's going to be a very, very scary situation for any team that has to go up against them. Um, they still, in my opinion, are not the favorites of the AFC, but they are that much closer to the Chiefs now. And um, boy, oh boy, they just keep getting better and better and making trades. They're going all in this year. 
Now it's up to the offense and the play calling to not make Lamar Jackson a pocket passer and use his skill set, which is probably the most unique skill set in the game, to create big plays, score points, and let that defense and that pass rush go to work when the opposing offense has to pass the ball. Um, another move in the NFL, Zach Ertz is now on IR, so Carson Wentz's only weapon is now injured. Um, they only had one starter starting last night, and that was Jason Kelsey, the center, once Zach Ertz left the game. So they started the game with two starters, and they finished the game with just one starter being healthy um, for next week. And wow, the Eagles, I just said they were going to win the division with a grand total of six wins. I still believe that. Carson Wentz is figuring it out. Watch the tape on the Ravens game. He's been he's been slowly getting it together since about week three, week four. He's been really, really improving the mechanics, the decision-making, and his throws are looking more like MVP caliber Carson Wentz and uh, one of the best players in the game, Carson Wentz. But he is in for a rude awakening now that Zach Ertz, his security blanket, is gone. Even though Ertz, to be fair, was not having the greatest of tight end seasons, um, definitely overshadowed by Kittle and Kelsey um, <clears throat> in the NFL. <sighs> Antonio Brown is back in the news, in case you all missed that. Um, he has been talking with Seattle about maybe – uh, coming to the Seahawks now, Antonio Brown has is an eight game suspension from the NFL, and they are still investigating um, all of the misconduct allegations uh, from his personal trainer um, from from 2017 and felony and battery charges um, in January with a moving truck uh, operator. So. More than just Seattle have uh, expressed interest interest in Antonio Brown. And as a Packers fan, I would certainly hope the Packers are one of those teams that is interested in Mr. Brown, uh, despite all of just his shortcomings as a man and a person. But <clears throat> Green Bay is in need of uh, a top-end receiver, especially with Lazard being down. And you know what? If Antonio Brown goes to Seattle – they are going to have to be my favorites in the NFC. Um, they're going to have DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and then Antonio Brown as their third receiver. And they still have David Moore, who is a very, very capable and competent third receiver. And he will now be the fourth guy. That Seattle team is going to get th that much scary on offense as a Packers fan or, or a Niners fan. Um, you have got to just hope and pray that they do not – trade for a guy like you know that's going to change that defense like a top end pass rusher or a top end corner um although none of them are really in the market especially with Ngakwe who's a really good number two pass rusher but he's not a number one guy um is now on the Ravens but you know uh Geno Smith the backup quarterback for um Seattle had some history with Antonio Brown when Geno backed up for Pittsburgh um, apparently Russell Wilson's been working out with him in off seasons past. So with Seattle talking to him, that's it, it, whatever team he signs with, if he does sign with the team, that's going to make all the, all the much difference. Think Yannick Ngakwe trade, but times two, 
especially if that offense is struggling um, and looking for weapons like, say, a Green Bay or even a New England, although that is extremely unlikely being that he was cut from New England earlier um, last year. LSU, the LSU football program, has lost eight scholarships over the next two seasons and um, and is is getting limited on college recruiting or football recruiting visits um, and, and communications by the by the uh, NCAA and they also uh, banned o Odell for two years from all football facilities and programs at LSU. Um, if those who don't remember, LSU uh, won the national championship last game, and Odell Beckham Jr. gave several players just about $2,000 each. Um, I believe it was four players, $2,000 each um, after the game. So a bonehead move by Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, I guess that's the Cleveland Brown, Browns away. But, um, you know, LSU has self-imposed restrictions basically to try to convince the NCAA that, uh, hey, hey, we're, we're the good guys here. We weren't telling him to pay them. Uh, they were just acting independently. Don't punish us too bad. But they lost eight scholarships and were, have reduced uh, visit privileges for the next two seasons. So LSU, from being the highest of highs last year, they're going to start slipping, especially uh, with Jamar Chase going to be drafted this, this uh, offseason. And they're going to lose some top-end talent from that program. Let's switch to some MLB action, though. Brandon Lowe, what a day from him. Um, he hit two home runs. Last night he had a home run in the first inning to give the Rays a one nothing lead. The Rays did not look back from that lead. They ended up winning the game 6-4. to four, And uh, game three is tomorrow night, uh, October 23rd. That's a Friday. Once again, 8.08 p.m. Eastern time. That was a great game uh, last night um, for the Dodgers. They kind of went with a more pitch-by-committee approach. The starter, Gonsolin. Uh, went one and a third. Then Dylan Floro pitched an amazing one and a third, giving up no hits, no runs, and no walks. Um, then Gonzalez pitched an inning for him. Uh, May pitched an inning. He gave up three runs to uh, a second Brandon Lowe home run. Um, and then Joe Kelly pitched, gave up a run in typical erratic Joe Kelly uh, fashion. Alex Wood threw two innings of relief. What what a trade! The Ra the Reds traded Homer Bailey and and more for Yasiel Puig and Alex Wood. Alex Wood is back on the Dodgers, pitching in the World Series, pitching two clean innings in the World Series, and Yasiel Puig is not on an MLB roster right now. That was not the best trade for the Reds, although we did end up losing Homer Bailey's cap hit. Um, although he wasn't too bad as a reliever this past season, and then McGee finished it off for the Dodgers. Um, notables for the Dodgers hitting Corey Seager hit a home run in this game. Uh, Chris Taylor hit one in the fifth inning and Donovan Smith, or sorry, Will Smith hit a home run. He continues his postseason power surge, not hitting at too high of an average, but he is driving in runs. I think that's 17 RBIs now in the postseason. Mookie Betts went over three. I talked about him yesterday, how he's kind of the motor for this team. He went over three. Uh, Cody Bellinger went over three. Each of them walked once, but no stolen bases. Um, 
running and scoring position, the team was 0-6, the Dodgers were. Um, Turner hit his second double of the game, but they left five runners on base and went 0-6 in total with runners in scoring position, as well as Max Muncy making the error at first base. Um, for the Rays, the Rays pitching, Blake Snell went four and two-thirds, giving up two runs, uh, four walks, and nine strikeouts. Um, Chris Taylor hit a home run off of Snell to knock him out of the game. Um, and then Nick Anderson get, uh, went one and the third inning, giving up one run and striking out two. Um, then Fairbanks went one and two-thirds with one run earned as well. Um, then shut out names from Aaron Loop and Diego Castillo, um, totaling one and a third innings, and the Rays won the game. Notables hitting-wise, what a game from Brandon Lowe. He went two for five. Both of his hits were home runs. He drove in three of the six Tampa Bay runs, um, and he is he is catching. He is, he is finding his swing, and he is doing damage uh, with it. Randy Rosarena, um, the hottest man in that lineup, went one for three, but he did walk twice, so a grand total of uh, three for five and getting on base. Well, that's not the production we saw from him in the in the championship series or the divisional series. Um, it it was still a valuable um, game for him, being three for five and getting on base. Another notable Austin Meadows. He led off um, for the Rays. He led off the lineup. He went one for three, did score a run, and uh, G Man Choi scored two runs, going one for three as well. Um, they left seven runners on base and went one for nine with runners in scoring position. So not good at all uh, for both teams. And you know what? The six to four win credit to Brandon Lowe. He played very, very well um, with the bat. Also, the Rays um, did not make a single error. Um, so that was large for them as well. They continued their miraculous um fielding i'm going to preview game three for you now and we have probably the best matchup of any any matchup in in the playoffs and that is walker bueller the ace for the dodgers against big time charlie morton the ace for the rays charlie morton has consistently played in or pitched in big series and pitched at a high level in big series uh starting with houston and now moving on to tampa bay it's going to be quite a game um, for these teams, and I think we're going to see Charlie Morton come up victorious. Um, I know Walker Bueller is a is a demon. He throws a good ninety seven to one hundred one mile an hour fastball with a ridiculous uh, array of breaking pitches and off speed pitches. But um, you've got Brandon Lowe coming off a really really great game. Um, he actually led the Rays in all regular season batting metrics, home runs, uh, batting average, and RBIs. So he is really uh, looking forward to a payday at the end of his um, of current contractual arrangement. And um, <clears throat> you know what? I think the Rays are going to start pulling away slowly in this series. If Charlie Morton can limit the production from – the power bats in the lineup and keep Mookie Betts off base, which I know is a big ask. But if he can hold Mookie Betts to, you know, one base every time he reaches and limit those times he reaches, then we're going to see 
um, a, a dominant Rays win. If Cody Bellinger stays quiet, you can keep Mookie Betts off the base paths and um, from basically manufacturing and creating runs. Uh, as long as Charlie Morton does not get behind in the count very much tonight and can deliver his his fastball and his breaking pitches with precision away from the hitter's strengths, then uh, he can and he will pitch a good six innings, maybe even seven in this high stakes World Series game three. Series currently is tied up one to one. So if you would give me your predictions for game three um, in the chat below. But the the Tampa Bay Rays are are looking forward for their franchise. They were you know down one nothing. I talked about how it was really great for the Dodgers to be up one zero because you had that insurance and you had Clayton Kershaw having already pitched, <laughs> um, which makes that um, even bigger for for the um, for the Dodgers because Clayton Kershaw consistently has not performed um, to his Cy Young MVP caliber level um, in the playoffs throughout his career, looking like a Steph Curry or even a Peyton Manning as one of the greatest regular season players of all time, but not coming up uh, clutch in the playoffs. Um, Week eight of college football has arrived. We have some notable um, top 25 matchups. Number nine, UC, go Cincinnati Bearcats, play number 16, SMU. Uh, number 14, North Carolina, lost last week going up against number 23, NC State. And um, number 17, Iowa State, goes up against number 6, Oklahoma State. And number 18, Michigan, plays number 21, Minnesota. Right now, the top 25, um, the AP top 25, is Clemson, Alabama, Notre Dame, and Georgia as the top four. Um, and of course, the playoff committee has not released their top 25 yet, as we are not coming close to playoff time. Um, Alabama has really, really taken the SEC by storm with LSU amidst all of these Odell Beckham Jr. fiascos, um, as well as as well as um, the just continuing great program of, of Georgia. Alabama has pulled away and is really performing at a high level despite losing guys like Henry Ruggs and um, Broncos receiver Jerry Judy. They still do have Jalen Waddle, who was probably the number two receiver last uh, last year for them. Um, and you know what? The loss of Tua is a big one. He is now starting for the Dolphins in case anybody missed that. But um, they are <laughs> big. Big Mac is is leading them to a pretty nice um, offensive season so far. My top four, I would say probably you got to put Clemson number one. I think you got to put Alabama number two. Um, Number three, I think you put O-State, Ohio State, just uh, because of their their, their roster on paper, despite not putting any games in. And I think Georgia's got to be number four just because um, of their their program, their stature, and they are three and one. Uh, hope, hopefully for myself and other Cincinnati UC fans, um, we, we come into that argument for top six, top four rankings. And yeah, even with the lost Alabama, we, we've seen this actually in years past where Georgia plays a, a 
an Alabama team that is just absolutely stacked um, year after year after year. And usually it's a close game. Uh, this one I lost 41 to 24, but I still think with the rest of the competition in the college football um, landscape, Georgia's the fourth best team this year. Um, we will see, um, you know, Notre Dame. I just have no faith in their program. They're the number three ranked team right now in the AP top 25, uh, being 4 0. But you know, I, I think Georgia's a better team than Notre Dame. I think they're a better team than Oklahoma State, Texas A&M, Penn State. Um, UC's the greatest football team of all time, so my biases are going to be void on there. Uh, I think they're better than Florida, better than Miami, uh, better than BYU, Oregon, UNC, Wisconsin, um, and the list goes on and on. Even the 5-0, and uh, even 5-0 and SMU, um, I think they are, they are better than them. Um, we're going to see a big, big test for the 3-0 Bearcats after having some games postponed uh, going up against the 5-0, um, what is it, SMU Stampede. Um, I don't actually know know their name. Mustangs, the SMU Mustangs. But we are we are posed for a an interesting week in college football. We're going to see some top 10 shifts um, in in this this week eight. Uh, although the best weeks are still yet to come, um, week nine, we've got, uh, week nine, we've got a Michigan, Michigan state game. Those are always, uh, great to watch. Um, number five, O state going up against number eight, Penn state, uh, assuming their ranking does not change. They will play in week nine. Um, and then going on to week 10, we've got a Clemson Notre Dame battle. So that's really going to show us how good Notre Dame is or how good Clemson is. Um, I have a whole lot more faith in Clemson than I do Notre Dame. As of now, just based off of the past, Clemson being so good for the last three to four years and Notre Dame being good record-wise, but not quite the greatest in terms of playing good teams and beating those uh, said good teams. Um that is going to wrap up the college football part of this show. But I do want to go back to the NFL real quick. We've got an Ohio matchup uh, coming this next week. Cleveland just got smacked around by the Steelers all day at the line of scrimmage. And Baker Mayfield enters this game with just over a thousand, just under, sorry, 1,100 yards. He's got 10 touchdowns and six INTs. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. only has 319 yards receiving. Tyler Boyd, the leading receiver for the Bengals, just for reference, has 416. So he has 97 more yards than uh, Odell. Joe Burrow coming into the game with 1,600 yards on the season, only six touchdowns and four interceptions. Now, you, I think you got to credit that, that rough touchdown-interception ratio just to not performing in the red zone and not being able to – uh, kind of have the the red zone targets with AJ Green not really playing very well. Um, Tyler Boyd has one touchdown. He's the leading receiver for the Bengals. But the four interceptions is a spot where you that, that's that's what you like to see um, for for Joe Burrow uh, not turning the ball over. Um, I know Kyler Murray has a problem with that right now, um, which is probably keeping him out of the top ten in terms of quarterbacks. Joe Burrow is in my top 10 still, yes. He's completing 65% of his passes, uh, 284 yards per game. 
Joe Mixon's averaging 3.6 yards per rush on the ground. I think that's more of a testament to how bad the offensive line is because uh, Joe Mixon, as we all know, is a very, very good and capable running back. He's got three scores on on the season. Uh, T. Higgins has two touchdowns. Joe Mixon has one receiving touchdown. Uh, Boyd has a touchdown. Uzoma and Mike Thomas have touchdowns, but no touchdowns from big targets like Ogden Tate, uh, Drew Sample, the second-string tight end, A.J. Green, the 6'4", formerly top three, honestly, receiver in the NFL. Um, and then in terms of defense, defensively, Jesse Bates has really played a very, very, very nice um, past few games for uh, for the Bengals at safety. Um, the Bengals right now, in terms of defense, is, you know what, not too great. Um, they've given up just 26.2 uh, points per game, which is not good at all. Um, they've given up just about as many first downs as the Bengals' offense gets, but they are committing penalties. Um, rampant in allowing the opposing offenses to convert third downs 46% of the time, which is not good at all. Um, teams can pass on them. Teams can run on them. They've got to really shape up their tackling, but they do have a legitimate shot to beat the Browns, despite the Browns being four and two. Um, also, the Packers played the Texans, the four and one Packers against the five and one Texans. I think this is going to be a close game. Aaron Rodgers still Despite the poor week last week, 13 touchdowns, two interceptions. Aaron Jones has five touchdowns on the ground. And Alan Lazard is still the leading receiver for Green Bay with 254 yards, if that tells you anything about Green Bay's weaponry, uh, which is why Antonio Brown would be so big for that team. Um, Injury-wise, for both the Texans and the Packers, uh, the Packers have five players listed as questionable, nobody out. As, um, as the same for the Texans with five um, people left out. Um, I talked about everybody, every team having the dud of, of the season. In terms of the NFL season, we saw it with the Bills getting smacked around by the t- uh, Titans. We saw it with the Ravens. I wouldn't say that's necessarily a dud. I think the Chiefs were the superior team, but Lamar Jackson certainly uh, playing poorly against the Chiefs. And then um, we saw with the Bucks against the Bears and then the Packers against the Bucks. This is going to determine seeding, though, 100%. Although, keep in mind, it's only the one seed who gets the bye this year. So uh, if we're looking back on last year, Green Bay as the two seed would not have had a first-round bye. Um, I'm, I'm going to talk about, real quick, the MVP race uh, right before this episode is over. Right now, Russell Wilson, 19 touchdowns, three interceptions, 1,500 passing yards, and uh, about 150 rushing yards throughout five games. Um, he is clearly the leading MVP candidate. Uh, Patrick Mahomes comes in probably in the second um, second now that Aaron Rodgers kind of had a dud of a game uh, with 1,700 passing yards, 15 touchdowns, and one interception um, throughout six games for him. Aaron Rodgers, easily third guy in line, 13 touchdowns, two picks, uh, just about 1,400 yards passing. Um, And keep in mind, he has played one last game because they've already had a bye. Those are the top three, I think, undisputed. But Ryan Tannehill is actually having a good season, as well as Josh Allen. Josh Allen, 16 touchdowns, four picks, 
and 1,700 passing yards. Um, and you know what? Even Big Ben is not playing too poorly um, this season. But I think the top five, you've got to have Josh Allen. You've got to have a Rodgers. You've got to have um, Wilson and Mahomes. But who is the other guy? I think one candidate is Aaron Donald. He is so, so good. He's got seven and a half sacks already this season. Um, and he, he's forced two fumbles, uh, which is tied for fifth in the league. And you know what? He's just wrecking havoc in in the backfield. He's got, let's see how many TFLs. Um, he's got a bunch of, of, of sacks. He's, he's creating. Uh, a whole lot of uh, disruption, and you know what? I feel almost, I almost feel bad for Tua having to go up against that pass rush, um, and Aaron Donald in his first game. I think Ryan Tannehill has to be in the mix. About thirteen and a half, uh, thousand three hundred sixty-eight to be exact, passing yards, thirteen touchdowns and two picks, same touchdown interception ratio as the great Aaron Rodgers. Um, and you know what? He is having a very, very, very good season. He is having the kind of underrated season where a lot of people are thinking, well, no, that's Derrick Henry's team. Derrick Henry's the best player on the team. And while that, I think, is true, Derrick Henry is probably the most valuable team per player on that team. But he, I mean, one game this year, he ran for 57 yards on the ground. Um, now, he had an ex explosion of a game against the Texans mostly in part due to that 94-yard run for a touchdown. Um, but he has had two games where he hasn't been so quite effective, and Ryan Tannehill has led the Titans um, to an undefeated record so far, including smacking up on Josh Allen um, and the Bills. Uh, the Titans and the Steelers are 5-0 are and o teams that are really looking dangerous in the AFC. Who, who might have been underrated coming into the season. A lot of people were surprised that Tennessee made it to the championship game last year. Of course, Pittsburgh went 8-8, eight and eight, um, not looking you know, the most formidable, but at the same time having Mason Rudolph in, in, a, in, a, in an actual duck in a quarterback um, for parts of the year. I think Ryan Tannehill deserves some talk in the MVP uh, conversation. Now, he's not anywhere on the same level as – um, the, the front two, the top two front runners in Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes. But then I think in order, you have to go Aaron Rodgers, Ryan Tannehill, Josh Allen, and then Aaron Donald um, to finish it off. I think Tannehill's having a better season. I know Allen has the most passing yards out of all five of these quarterbacks with 1,711. By the way, Mahomes has 1,699. Um, so I just, I called that one 1700 and, and gave it, called it a day, but 16 touchdowns and four picks for Josh Allen, but Ryan Tannehill already beat Josh Allen in the season. He's got 13 and two, uh, if you were to double his touchdowns and interceptions, so they would have the same amount of interceptions, which isn't a great thing to do, but it's, it's a base thing, um, which still has anomaly anomalies, especially when without a full season. But Ryan Tannehill would have 26 touchdowns and four picks compared to 16 and four for Josh Allen. Um, passing yards wise, he's about 300 behind Josh Allen, about 350 behind Josh Allen. But that's about one good game um, uh, uh, separating these two guys.
whereas he would have to have a very, very bad game to match jo- uh, to uh, catch up with Josh Allen in terms of interceptions. So my top my, – I'm going to give you my top six for MVP. Obviously, Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, number two, and then real close, three through six, Aaron Rodgers, Ryan Tannehill, Josh Allen, Aaron Donald um, to round out the top six. Thank you all for watching Sports Headlines. We are the most authentic place in sports. I've got a little bit of a new background sitting in between two shelves. Um, but um, Sean will um, hopefully be able to collaborate at some point in the future, uh, in the near future. But, um, you know, good luck for him in his family issues. Again, thank you for um, watching this episode. Go follow Crossover Media at Crossover365 on Twitter and Instagram. Go follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Twitter at Sports Headline 8. Instagram at Sports underscore Headlines 4. Uh, thank you all so much, so much for watching and have a great rest of your day.